Hello, I'm Richard Hurley, the BMJ's Features and Debates Editor. This week our head-to-head debate asks, should doctors refuse to work in Australia's immigration detention centres? I'm joined today by David Berger, who's an emergency medicine doctor in Western Australia, and Stephen H. Miles, a bioethicist at the University of Minnesota. Australia's policies relating to asylum seekers continue to attract global criticism. These include holding migrants, including children, indefinitely in squalid conditions on offshore processing centres on Pacific islands beyond the reach of Australian law. And then last year, the Border Force Act became law, which makes it an offence for doctors in Australia to speak publicly about poor conditions or abuse that they witness. Uh, David, Stephen, both of you in your articles condemn Australia for some of these policies. Stephen, I just wondered if you could briefly explain what Australia is doing that is so controversial that we're even having this debate. Australia has set up a series of offshore uh, detention centres, largely managed through third parties, uh, in order to receive um, people trying to get to Australia. Uh, These centers are overcrowded, they are very poorly serviced, there are no legal rights to speak of, Uh, there are predators operating through the camps more or less uh, unchecked, Uh, children have been shown to go without school, levels of PTSD are very high, levels of uh, physical trauma, lacerations and assaults are extremely high, Uh, and this is not a refugee system that it comports with international law and it's unworthy of Australia. So David, uh, I don't know if you, you have much to add there, but you, you, you're arguing in the, in the debate this week that because Australia is behaving so terribly towards asylum seekers that doctors should boycott these camps. <clears throat> yeah, and, and uh, uh, you know, certainly I think the first point to make is uh, you know, Stephen and I are absolutely in agreement about the abhorrence uh, of the current Australian uh, processing regime for asylum seekers, which seems uh, designed to uh, or, or, or is manifestly designed to uh, brutalise uh, people seeking asylum uh, and therefore to, t- to deter others to, uh, in the infamous slogan, stop the boats. Um, but uh, I, I mean, it, it is the case that the regime of mandatory, indefinite, uh, and, and arbitrary detention in Australian uh, detention centres has been termed torture uh, by the UN's uh, rapporteur uh, on refugees and by Amnesty International. Uh, and for me, it really comes down to the ethical question of, of course, these are vulnerable people. They require to be looked after, but at what cost? Uh, and if the doctor is supporting torture by providing medical care to these unfortunate people, then I'm, I'm afraid I, I just don't think that that is ethically supportable, that it's corrupting for the doctor concerned, um, uh, and, and that it actually perpetuates the situation. And where, David, then if, if doctors just downed tools and walked out of these centres, where would that leave uh, vulnerable people? The reality is that the standard of medical care delivered is actually quite low anyway. You know, the type of torture, I mean, we have got allegations of waterboarding. We have got allegations of beating. So I'm not just talking psychological torture, although that's bad enough. You know, there are allegations of, of, of physical torture. 
uh, and we have seen, you know, that 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 doctors who uh, support uh, torture by treating people who've been tortured and allowing the torture to continue uh, are then subject to uh, professional sanction. I'm sorry. Frankly, I've compiled every case of doctors punished for torture, and all of those doctors were actually involved in not only the torture but hiding it. And the fact of the matter is that the human rights reports that come from Australian detention centers, uh, physicians are major contributors to that. And the fact that we have Australian physicians on those islands has produced a huge amount of the data that tells us how bad they are, but, even despite but we the now, law against it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, until until July 2015, perhaps, but we now have the Border Force Act, which actually which criminalizes uh, those kind of um, uh, uh, disclosures. So, you know, we now have a situation where doctors actually can't uh, disclose. So the idea that we should be encouraging physicians to go into situations where torture is happening, where they cannot then disclose, where they are at risk of a two-year prison sentence, for doing that, it's, it just seems complete anathema to me in, in, in a Western democracy. And I, th I, think a, I think a stand has to be made. Dr. Berger, I, uh, you know, I work with docs, for example, in Uzbekistan, uh, where the penalties for disclosure are vastly higher than Australia. Um, first off, no doc has been uh, punished under the uh, Border Forces Act. Secondly, were they to try to do that, numerous uh, civil rights groups around the world would come on their behalf. And um, uh, finally, uh, the penalties in Australia, uh, even though they include imprisonment, are highly unlikely to be levied. And physicians have been shown repeatedly around the world to uh, evade even greater risks of punishment on behalf of their patients. Taking the docs out will just simply blind the system. This has been going on for years. And, and shining light isn't doing it. I mean, nothing, nothing actually makes a difference in terms of we don't actually need more light. We know that really bad things are happening uh, and they will continue to happen. Uh, and I, 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 I mean, for me, it comes down to the ethical conflict for the individual doctor in, in, in the position of, of treating a detainee who's being tortured. And, and I do think, yes, of course, I mean, Uzbekistan is absolutely terrible. Isn't it sad that we're discussing Australia in the same sentence as Uzbekistan and having to, to debate the punishments applicable to doctors in Australia as compared to Uzbekistan? Um, but, you know, we, we, we need to expect higher things of Australia. Stephen, um, you're saying that it's better to have doctors in centres like this because they you know there at least is somebody witnessing what's going on it's better to have a transparent detention center but the the un has called what's going on torture amnesty international has said this amounts to torture the australian government's own spokespeople have called these uh, detention centers factories for mental ill health uh, can you really be saying that it's better to have you know that doctors should continue to work in these these kinds of environments where you know the, the whole world is saying that the, these are torture camps the first protection of, pe of people in prisons is transparency australian doctors are not only uh, the best trained uh, physicians in oceana 
but also they can easily be trained to recognize the signs of torture. Australian doctors are well connected to the international uh, community, both the professional community and the human rights community. Building an information bridge from Australian physicians to the human rights com community that could be protected by things like encrypted data uh, and uh, IP masking uh, has been done in many countries and could be done in Australia. There is nothing to be gained and there is much to be lost. Uh, by removing uh, a substantial piece of the human rights monitoring piece in these prisons uh, by uh, having the doctors stand down. That's the fundamental issue. The reality, Steve, is that there is no such cohort of rebel doctors who are going to go and work for uh, IHMS, the private company uh, supplying these medical services, who are going to act as moles. Uh, uh, and those doctors just aren't there. Uh, and as I said, we've had nothing. We've had... Well it, well, it is because actually nothing's come out since the inception of the Border Force Act. And it's very clear, I think, to, to everybody that if you go there with the intention of being a mole, you're going to uh, uh, place yourself in great danger. And, and uh, you know, I can understand why people don't want to face a two-year prison sentence and, and risk the loss of their career. And, and whatever we might think about how those penalties are not as, as severe as in Uzbekistan, they are um, having their desired effect, which is to... Uh, to clamp down on dissent. And I think the real question, as Richard said, is how bad does it have to get? How bad does the torture have to be before it becomes unethical for doctors to work there? And I would say it's bad enough. And I think that's where we disagree. Let me propose a couple of things that the Australian Medical Association could do. Uh, first off, to the extent that doctors uh, feel that the uh, government does have a law against them communicating and that they don't understand how uh, human rights organizations would protect any doctor who is prosecuted under that law, the Australian Medical Association could establish forthrightly a legal defense fund promise to protect those doctors from punishment and furthermore promise that they would not be subject to licensing action. Second, the Australian Medical Association could uh, facilitate and endorse uh, and uh, help uh, uh, set up for the doctors uh, a secure communications channel to improve communications with human rights organizations. These are more than just simply saying that the standard of care in the camps is unacceptable or saying this is what the doctor's obligations are. Uh, these are ways of forthrightly uh, aligning themselves with the doctor's uh, so that they can do their job without uh, without being prevented from doing so by intimidation. The other thing that the Australian Medical Association could do is to the extent that these independent contractor organizations uh, employ Australian physicians, uh, the Australian Medical Association should simply uh, could simply say that given the human rights abuses on these, we are going to, to suspend the licenses of any doctor working with uh, a independent contractor in these offshore detention centers. Well, that's that's similar to a boycott. I mean, that's just saying we won't no, allow that's you to. Not. We'll strike that you off. The, we'll strike you no, off. That would, you. No, that's, that would say that the Australian government then has to turn to doctors who are not hired through independent contractor agencies, but who are hired through 
legitimate government ministries. It's different. David, in your in your argument, you also suggest some kind of compromise if if the current situation um, can't be, you know, if, well, if you couldn't get a full boycott. You said you said you talk about having an independent NGO like MSF. Do you want to well, explain right. a bit I mean, more about you know, that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, from where I'm standing, it seems to me that the ethical situation has broken down as far as medical practice goes uh, to such an extent uh, and that such pressure is put on doctors and other healthcare professionals in the offshore detention camps that the only option is for Australian physicians and nurses to offer their um, uh, to offer their care through an independent organization along the lines of Doctors Without Borders that, uh, that can go in in an impartial manner um, uh, and, and, and treat people without being subject to the Border Force Act, without being employed uh, by the Australian government. Um, and that, that would be an acceptable solution in a horrendous situation, um, as, as in any war zone. And to me, it's absolutely tragic, obviously, that we're in a situation where we're discussing this is how to uh, uh, administer medical care ethically in an Australian government-run facility. I think it's important that we as doctors lay down our ethical ground rules and we say, you cannot corrupt us like this. You cannot corrupt our relationship with our patients like this. And we have standards. Our standards are in service of one of the most neglected and abused populations on the planet. And we cannot sacrifice the interests of these neglected and abused populations to elevate our standards to the apex of the concern. And the idea that the Australian doctors would step down from a group that is endangered by the very lack of transparency in the prisons is simply not ethics, it's more posturing. I wonder if zooming out a little bit, just thinking about the BMJ's readers, uh, you know, doctors all over the world, what is there a way that they can help? What should they do about the situation in Australia? I think that the uh, readers uh, of the BMJ uh, should recognise that this problem in Australia is a problem both in Australia and in many countries of the world. Uh, and that the issue here is to ensure uh, that people who are subject to torture, cruel, inhuman, and degrading treatment or punishment uh, have access to medical advocacy uh, by encouraging doctors to know how to document, how to identify, and how to report uh, human rights abuses. Uh, and uh, also should engage in the types of public policy work that cause governments to decrease these abuses. David, do you yeah, have any absolutely. thoughts on I that? I think national medical associations should put, put uh, you know, should voice their support, as, as in fact the World Medical Association has done uh, for uh, doctors in Australia, and, and, and uh, they should put pressure on that way and, and work very closely to make sure that the same kind of things don't happen in their, in their own countries. We'll leave the debate there, but since we recorded this, it seems that it's continued in the rapid responses online. You can read the article in full and join in the conversation to let us know what you think on the bmj.com. Thanks for listening.